0: If there was a third end to the candle, they would burn that in too, you know. Insomnia, some form of sleep loss, was uh, costing the average worker about 11 days per year in lost productivity. Uh, we're losing about $63 billion a year due to chronic sleep deprivation. The world is now in a catastrophic, a catastrophic epidemic, epidemic of sleep, of sleep loss. loss. young haul truck driver who came to work at a phosphate mine in north america uh, in the state of north carolina and uh, he fell asleep during the pre-shift safety meeting and none of his co-workers and supervisors said anything they just let him sleep there in the chair during the meeting when the meeting was over he woke up and, and got in his truck and went to work like we're trained to do but later that morning he he had a lapse in attention and vigilance, and he he actually had a, a a minor incident where he brushed mirrors, side mirrors, with a with an oncoming haul truck, and neither one of them told anybody, and um, that of course was a breach of policy, but nevertheless it happened, and unfortunately later again that morning the same operator had a major lapse in alertness and vigilance he he was literally asleep at the wheel and he drove over a light vehicle a pickup truck that had a man inside and it took more than three hours to get the man out of the pickup truck and uh, they fired that haul truck driver for not being fit for duty but only to learn that the reason why he wasn't fit for duty is because not because he'd been up all night in the bars or, or partying, like so many people think uh, is typical. Uh, this young man had been in the emergency room with his young wife who had just miscarried their first baby. And he had been enculturated by his dad and his big brothers and his sports coaches to grit his teeth, to get tough and play through the pain. And so that's what he did. He he adhered to those cultural norms and attitudes and values and ideals that he had been taught. And he was trying to push through and be tough and be strong. And uh, and it nearly cost him, um, you know, running over and killing a, a man. So in 24 hours, he he nearly killed a man. He, he lost his baby and he lost his job. And um, that was tragic for everyone involved that company called cat safety services and we wound up working with them and after after learning that fatigue is natural and that it happens to everyone and that cultural stigmas around shame and weakness are driving behaviors that company in north carolina hired back that haul truck driver and it made a huge message to all the employees, that the changes that were taking place at that company were really about their safety and not about any punitive actions. And so that was a very a powerful example of, of the kind of catalyst that these disruptive technologies can have on an organization.
1: That's a fascinating story, and I think it highlights a, a wider issue. Caterpillar, like its peers, has invested millions of dollars to continually make their equipment safer to operate. But equipment-related incidents represent a relatively small percentage of all industrial accidents, right? Yeah, so the
0: the statistic that you're referring to is, is one that many safety professionals are familiar with, and, and uh, from their experience and from their research would know that 90% of workplace injuries and incidents aren't caused by conditions or environment or equipment failures. 90% of them are caused by at-risk behaviors. And what that means is somebody made a decision to engage in a, in a behavior that was risky. And most often that occurs because the person believes or has the attitude uh, or or the value or the ideal that something else has a higher priority than than workplace safety so either productivity or costs or some kind of time saving is you know really the higher priority and so given that that attitude they take a chance and they take a shortcut and Uh, That's really what drives workplace injuries. And when everybody else on the team uh, believes that same thing, that something else is more important than safety, then that creates this reinforcing feedback loop that we call culture. And culture is this, you know, dynamic um, social structure that is – sort of self-organizing uh, around different attitudes and values and beliefs. And and those include status. You know, I'm, I, I'm the fastest or I'm the strongest or I'm the most competent. And the other attractor of this self-organizing system is belonging and wanting to do what everybody else on the team does and be, be, be part of the team, be part of the crew. And, uh, so when the rest of the crew shares these values, uh, of, you know, sh- shortcuts and, and, uh, risk-taking, then, then that's what we all wind up doing. And so the real challenge in any safety program is to create a discipline, uh, around, um, around language, around culture, uh, and, and those sort of, organic drivers that are informing people's behaviors as a result of their beliefs and attitudes and values, which are you know, most often conveyed by language and the way we talk about these things, talk about our priorities.
1: When I think about operator safety, I tend to think about physical things like cab guards and seat belts and ROPS and folks cabs. I know all of these are present on Caterpillar Equipment, but the company's paid specific interest to in the field of operator fatigue and the specific risks of distraction and concentration lapses. Why the focus on that specific area?
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, we, we really, they started way back, like I said, with David trying to understand, you know, the alertness, attention and vigilance of operators uh, back in 2003, uh, about 2000 and uh, eight, he wound up being a co-author on a, an industry-wide white paper that was sponsored by Caterpillar and uh, and BHP Billiton, and it was all all about the different technologies that were uh, emerging to help address um, fatigue risk uh, in mining, and um, and eventually um, uh, that evolved into. T- to a suite of technologies uh, called the the MindStar Detect Suite. That's that's one of the suites of technologies. And that suite really includes uh, three major components. And the three that we currently have are the driver safety system. The driver safety system is really an operator alertness, attention, vigilance Optimization system. It uses a optical sensor, uh, what the layperson might call a camera, <laughs> that's uh, mounted on the dash, and that camera is pointed at the operator's head and face. And uh, it uses some very sophisticated uh, software to build a digital um, framework of the operator's head and face and it, it's really measuring their head orientation, whether their head is uh, drooping down or falling back or moving side to side, uh, their facial expressions, different micro-expressions. We have uh, many, many muscles in our face that that can make very subtle facial expressions. And uh, this software reads those facial expressions to, uh, to determine when an operator is is uh, fatigued, uh, is suffering from some type of micro-sleep, or whether they're distracted. And uh, in some way, their uh, attention and alertness and vigilance has lapsed. And so it's really about managing those lapses in operator vigilance. So that's the driver safety system. And what's driving that is this idea that Ultimately, our customers are heavily invested in the most sophisticated technology that's available on the planet today. And that's a network of massively parallel electrochemical digital computers that run on glycogen and oxygen. And it's this network of biological computers that our customers are relying on to make all their critical management decisions and operate all the plant equipment. And up until recently, we have sort of taken that, uh, that technology, that biological computer for granted and just assumed that it could work like any other kind of machine. And, uh, you know, if in many industries, uh, construction and mining are notorious for this, if there was a third end to the candle, they would burn that end too. You know, you've heard the saying that burning both ends of the candle and, uh, and, and Many of these uh, industries, they would they just push the limits of of human capacity, and uh, take it for granted that these biological computers can just continue to function at optimal levels of performance. But all the science is now showing that that's not true, and so the driver safety system is there to mitigate. It's to, it's to give our customers the power to see, and mitigate and manage what has been uh, historically an invisible threat to our operations. So that's the first technology. It's about managing and the lapses in operator attention and vigilance. The second technology is um, object detection. And the way I think of that is once you have the biological computer in, in the driver's seat, alert and aware and vigilant, you can sort of connect other peripherals to, to that uh, to that BCM I call it a biological control module. So you can you can drive information or push information to that biological control module via radars or cameras. That's what comprises the object detection system. And the different cameras around the equipment and different radars pick up on slow-moving traffic that is in close proximity to the machine and then it pushes notifications to the operator to warn him that there there are objects in the danger zone. And that information he can act upon and and stop the equipment before something uh, tragic happens. The the second, or excuse me, the third uh, part of the detect suite, the third technology we call proximity awareness, and it uses a um, global navigation satellite system Uh, to create a peer-to-peer network uh, and uh, some onboard um, information systems that, again, push notifications and information to the biological control module in the driver's seat so that that uh, operator can make informed decisions uh, in real time. And so it really works as an excellent mind traffic uh, management tool a mine traffic management system, and uh, and a safety system at the same time by informing all the all the parties that are p- part of this network um, of of dangers uh, in various in various parts of the mine, and uh, and then finally uh, later this year we'll, we'll be uh, we're we're already beginning to test. Um, uh, collision avoidance, which would be the fourth technology in this MindStar Detect suite, and collision avoidance will actually uh, intervene when machines uh, or other nodes on this on this dynamic network come in close proximity to one another. It will actually, you know, put on the brakes or stop the machine uh, to to avoid a collision. So, some very sophisticated technology. All of which are really sort of leading to this ultimate safety system, which is, uh, you know, autonomous systems, uh, which is the ultimate in safety. But until then, uh, until we have robots uh, doing all this work, the, the human brain is uh, the most sophisticated technology available. And we need to be aware that it is both very powerful and very volatile and that volatility is especially uh, related to fatigue and sleep quality, sleep quantity.
1: So just how big an issue is sleep deprivation and operator fatigue?
0: Well, that is, uh, that is a great question. It is, it is a really big problem. And in fact, uh, the problem is so serious at this point that Dr. Matthew Walker, who is the director for uh, human sleep science at the University of California at Berkeley, he says that the world is now in a uh, in a sort of catastrophic epidemic of sleep loss. Uh, I think that's how he phrases it. It's it's uh, it's very serious, uh, language that he uses to describe, um, the situation. And, um, and I've also found study recently by Harvard university, one of the leading universities here in the U S and McKinsey and company, which is a global, uh, business consulting firm. And they collaborated on a study, uh, that, uh, that discovered that, uh, sleep, deprivation, uh, prolonged work cycles, 24-hour shift schedules were continuously challenging the basic biological capacity of workers. And uh, they actually calculated that insomnia, some form of sleep loss, was uh, costing the average worker about 11 days per year and lost productivity. Now, that's not a lost time incident as we would typically, you know, in the safety profession, count lost time. This is lost productivity. So what that means is the worker is at work, but he's not performing at expected levels of performance. And uh, I'll speak more to that in a moment. But this study estimates that this lost time, this 11 days of lost uh, productivity is costing um, companies about, $2,300 per person per year, and that collectively uh, we're losing about $63 billion a year due to chronic sleep deprivation. And so because this issue has been uh, historically underestimated because we haven't had any real data, um, it's posed an invisible threat to our operations. And so CAT has really uh, committed resources uh, to addressing this problem on behalf of our customers. I've done some research on this topic, and what I've learned uh, over the years is that our brain has a very unique filtration system. Uh, The rest of our body, all the other organs in our body are are, um, filtered. The toxins in our body are filtered out through our lymphatic system. And it's functioning throughout the day for the most healthy people. But our brain has a special filtration system called the glymphatic system. And it's really a hydraulic system, meaning that it uses fluid to flush out toxins. And and because it's a hydraulic system, it's very hard to push water uphill. So it really works best when we're laying horizontal as we do typically when we sleep. And in fact, this system, this glymphatic system, uh, not only does it work best when we're laying down, but also when we're in our deepest uh, phases of, of REM sleep. And uh, this special uh, pure water flushes through all the crooks and crannies in our brain and flushes out the toxins So if you don't get enough sleep and especially enough time in that deepest phase of sleep, then you have toxins uh, building up in your brain. And another way to say that is you're intoxicated. And coincidentally, uh, if you um, don't sleep within 20, every 20 hours, uh, by the 20th hour, you're your mental functioning is equivalent to someone who is legally drunk or has a 0.08 blood alcohol concentration or is intoxicated. So uh, you can think of chronic fatigue as being, being drunk in terms of reaction times, ability to assess risk, uh, uh, psychomotor uh, functions and, and reaction times and, and so on all slow down and become impaired as a result of sleep deprivation. And so when you learn that 30% of our productivity on on a given cat machine, most recent calculations suggest that 30% of the productivity is related to operator performance, you can see how important it would be and what an important variable the operator's cognitive performance becomes. And, uh, and so we set out to commit resources to help understand fatigue. And again, this goes back to 2003 when Dr. Edwards had electroencephalograms up on a motor grader trying to understand brainwaves of operators because we could see that this was critical to getting the most out of cat machines. It, we had to address that biological control module in the seat. And so that's that's why we're in the fatigue risk business today.
1: We've looked at the scale of the problem, but what are the key factors that Caterpillar is seeking to address with its research and development in this field?
0: So I kind of bundle it all together and term and call it operator alertness, attention and vigilance. That's really what has to be addressed. We often in the business use one word to label this complex problem. We use the word fatigue. But fatigue, you know, sort of medically is describing um, accumulated sleep loss. But it's possible for an operator who has had plenty of sleep to be distracted or or inattentive or less than vigilant. And that could come from another condition called somnolence. Somnolence is a medical term that describes sleepiness, which is different than fatigue. Could just be that, you know, I had a big lunch and the sun is coming through the window and I'm just feeling cozy and sleepy and, and, uh and I'm having trouble, you know, keeping my eyes open. Or it, there's another issue that we need to address and that's distraction, especially as mobile technologies uh, become more prolific in the workplace. And uh, and so we need to address operators being distracted as well, especially those operators who, who are working in a, in a kind of remote um, space like the, the cab of a haul truck on a long, boring haul road. Those guys get particularly bored and somnolence and distraction becomes a real uh, a real challenge. So we use uh, to address that particular problem. We have some technology. Uh, one is the cat smart band, and that's a wearable that measures operator sleep quality and quantity and uh, feeds uh, an alertness score, cognitive alertness score to a, an app on their mobile device. And, uh, and what makes this particular device special is that it can work a little bit like a crystal ball, uh, surprisingly enough. It allows us to predict the future. So it uses an algorithm that was developed by the U.S. Army Research Lab, and the U.S. Army spent about 25 years and $37 million developing this algorithm. It's called SAFETY. It's an acronym. It stands for Sleep, Activity, Fatigue, and Task Effectiveness. And it's used to... to Generate a quantifiable cognitive alertness score on a scale from zero to a hundred, where 70, an alertness score of 70 is the equivalent of 0.08 blood alcohol concentration. So this would allow us to measure cognitive performance, not only in the present, but also say during a worker shift. And there are some, there are some companies in Europe right now that are really making use of this to help manage cognitive performance on the job site. Another technology that we're using uh, is the driver safety system, as I mentioned. And that's a a technology that goes in the cab, mostly of haul trucks, um, to to catch operators like a harness when they fall asleep or become distracted. And when the system is activated, when it finds uh, reads the facial expressions and head orientation, of a, a driver who is having a lapse in attention and alertness and vigilance. Then it has a vibration motor that vigorously vibrates the seat, sounds the alarm, and and uh, sort of refocuses the operator's attention and alertness back to the, to the job, back to the task at hand. So those two technologies together uh, are very exciting and are being used. Uh, in fact, last year, um, using the driver safety system, Caterpillar intervened and and uh, vibrated the seat to wake up a sleeping driver 1.2 million times last year. 1.2 million interventions to wake up sleeping operators in, uh, in haul trucks around the world. So we're really proud of that, that we've been able to really make a difference and help companies that are serious about addressing this problem Uh, we've been able to really help them uh, avoid incidents.